Welcome to Global Truth Center. Okay, so the title of my talk today is Where Are All the Answers? Where are all the answers? It's a good question, isn't it? Because guess what? We live in, well, we, we have lived up to this point in what is called the information age. You all know that, right? When the World Wide Web came along, we went from the Industrial Revolution into the age of information. So most of us have lived in the age of information. Oh. So do you have enough information yet? <laughs> I do. Are you done with information? I mean, we have all the information. And even when it comes along, it'll come along, and then it's like more information. Whose heads are about to explode from all the information? Right? So today, you guys are good in the back there, right? Good. So <laughs> the information age. So that's where we took all of the, the World Wide Web, but here's what's interesting. We took all of this thing called the internet, the energy of the universe, and turned it into usable things for ourselves. Cell phones, iPads, projectors, all these amazing things that were, it was able to give us the opportunity to have information at our fingertips at all times. That's why we have God, Godgle. Google. <laughs> but I call it Godgle because it knows everything. I mean, whenever I need anything, I just go to Godgill and I just say, okay, what happened in 1972 at the Oscars? Because I do that all the time. So the information age, now here's the funny part of this. Um, we're no longer in the information age, did you know that? We have shifted from the information age. Does anybody know what the next age is that we are actually in right now? We are just starting. We are literally just tipping over from the information age into a new age. What do you think that is? Numbers. Numbers? Penumbric. The number? Phenumbric. Penumbric. We'd have to know what it means, Scott, <laughs> in order to call it an age. I'll let you know if that's the right answer when I know what that means. So, who, what, what does penumbric mean? Oh my God, who said that? Gayla? You're hysterical. I'm not Googling it because I'll lose my talk. Okay, so what does it mean, Scott? It's just a, a new age. Oh, oh, okay. Polyuke, yes, okay. So that's not the answer. So anybody else want to try Brooks? The digital age, no, the quantum age. Closer. Go ahead. Old age, really. We're moving from the information age to old age. No, that's just me doing that. No. So, we are moving from the information age. You ready? Take a deep breath. Because most of you are going to go, oh my God, yes. To the experiential age. Isn't that awesome? That is what they are calling the next age. The experiential age. To move out of this idea where we have to sit around getting all the information, now it is time to be experiential. And you know what? That's where I am with this teaching. 
with this whole philosophy. I am done being informed by all the books that we have to read. It's time to take those books and live them, living in the moment, experientially. Experience science of mind. Experience what Christianity really means. Experience Hinduism, Buddhism, Judaism. Experience what all of these amazing spiritual paths are telling us and then bring it to the experiential level where you understand it from the feeling of it, not what you've been told about it. And certainly not by doing all of the, the laws and rules and bylaws and all that stuff. I, I, I understand some of that's important, so they tell me. But it is time for us to start experiencing who we are at a more primal level, wouldn't you say? So I want to go into some of these lyrics. Um, our theme this month is question everything, but not for the answers. I'm not asking you to question everything this month so that you'll find answers. I don't need your answers. You don't need your answers. I'm asking you to question everything this month to experience the energy of a universal questioning that constantly evolves itself. That's who you are. That's who I am. I don't need to be stuck in the information age. I don't want to be stuck in the information age. I want to be at the precipice, at the forefront of the experiential age, where when I ask questions, I feel, I experience what that's all about. So, there's a lyric in the song that says, I can't walk through life facing backwards. Anybody? That's not where the answers are. They're not behind me. I can't walk through life facing backwards. I've tried. I've tried more than once. How many, have, how many people have tried more than once to look back and fix what's behind you? Right? I tried more than once to just make sure, make sure what all that was, and I was denied the future I was searching for because I was too busy back here. So my future is elusive when I'm spending all that time. The future I'd been searching for, but I spun around and I hurt no more by living in the moment. The answers are not in the past. Clues are in the past. It is not without its purpose. Clues are there. But the answers are not there. The only kind of answers you're ever going to get are answers in the moment. And that answer may change tomorrow. Many of you are my students. Many of you know that I can teach something on Monday night and by Thursday I'm saying, yeah, that wasn't exactly, exactly what I meant. And I want to be that teacher. I want to be able to say, here's what, right? Lisa's laughing because she's been through it too many times. I, you know, I want to be, or even on a test. I will give a test to a class and someone will argue an answer and I'm like, oh my God, you're right. Everyone else is wrong. <laughs> Even though they all gave the answer I gave. But then they're all right because that's how you have to do it. So living in the moment really means that you are willing to listen and be fully, fully, fully present. So questions in my new book. I have a new book coming out called Five. It's just called Five now. Publishers are changing a lot of things about it that I'm good with. I, I, I agree with them. Five, are you asking the right questions? The second question is, what wants to know me? And it's posed that way. What wants to know me? So just take a deep breath and just ask yourself that question. Experience that question. What wants to know me? Like right here in this moment, what wants to know me? You know what came to me right away? I feel good. I feel good. Come on. 
So, you know, what wants to know me? And that's a really important question. But it's not about an answer. It's about the experience. So when I said, what wants to know me, I didn't get an answer. I didn't get words. I got a feeling. That's the experiential. That is the age of experience. So what wants to know you in your life? What is like leaning into you? Is it a TED Talk? Is it a new class? Is it a new job? Is it a new husband? <laughs> a new wife? A new partner? What is it? What wants to know you? And you don't have to have the answer, but you got to feel it. There's got to be some form, some sort of feeling that allows you to participate. And that's the big word, participate. So where are the answers? Where are all the answers? Well, <laughs> I'd like to pose this today. Are there really any answers in the world? Are there really any answers? Now, you might say to me, yeah, I can say to Eric, Eric, do you want to have dinner tonight? And his answer may be no. But is that really a, a definite answer? Or is he going to think about it and know that it was a lovely invitation and then can someone else and decide to have dinner? I don't know. If we could live our lives from the supposition and the understanding, by the way, I'm not here for dinner. If we could live our lives <laughs> but from the understanding of there really are no definitive answers, there's just questions. Questions that want to live themselves through you as you. Like things that want to give you an experience of life that you haven't already predetermined is the experience you're living. How many of you think you are living your life right now from a predetermined decision to live life a specific way? I mean, I'm standing on this stage because at one point I decided I want to, but I can tell you this, I still want to. I want to be right here doing what I'm doing, and I am living that moment by moment by moment. I remember the story of, uh, I can't remember which Broadway star it was, oh, Broadway reference, but, <laughs> but this actor got to the theater, God, God, I can't remember his name, he got to the theater and he wasn't feeling good and wasn't experiencing the whole thing. And he went on and he did the first scene of whatever play, it was Death of a Salesman. And he did the scene and he walked off stage and he looked at the stage manager and he said, I'm done. After the first scene of Death of a Salesman. Now, that was an understudy's dream come true. But still, when I read that the first time, when I was a young actor, I thought, who does that? Who goes to the theater, walks on stage, if you're playing Pippin, because we all know I wanted to do that and never did, and sings, life is extraordinary, or Cor there, I gotta find my corner of the sky, and then walks off and says, and I'm done, found it, leaving. But this actor did this. He literally said, I'm going, because something in him wasn't meeting his needs. Something in him said, I am done. So for me, I have to constantly ask the question, this question, what wants to know me, and make sure I feel good about what's going on. That's where we are, and I can live in the moment. Every single moment, I can live based on what am I feeling. Now, you may think, well, then your feelings are running your life. Absolutely not. My feelings are not running my life. My feelings are nothing more than the representation of the way I use my mind. My feelings show you what I think. My thoughts show you what I believe, and my beliefs show you how much in tune and tied to this universal energy of life I am conscious of. So when I say, 
remember who you are. I'm saying when you know who you are and you are conscious of that, your beliefs fall in line, your thoughts fall in line, your feelings fall in line, and your emotions fall in line. That's living in the moment. And that's what Eckhart Tolle says when he says this. He says, being at ease with not knowing is crucial for answers to come to you. Now just listen to that for a minute. Being at ease with not knowing is crucial for answers to come to you. I specifically did not do PowerPoint for you to read on the screen these quotes because I want you to experience the words just coming from my mouth. Being at ease with not knowing is crucial for answers to come to you. We have been trained to find the answers to everything, don't you think? We are the generation that was trained to have an answer for everything. My mother used to say to me, you have an answer for everything. I don't think that's what she meant, but <laughs> I probably did have an answer for everything. But we've been trained to do this. We have been trained to live in this world that has to make sense to us, and we have to have the answer. Some people have to have the answer before they ever step out the front door, which is why so many people stay behind the front door or some door that they've created, some wall that they've created, because they think they don't have the answers. And yet, you are the answer. You are a walking, living expression of the answer. Being at ease with not knowing is crucial for answers to come to you. And then Reverend Cheryl said this in her talk about faith. Brene, Brene Brown said this, if you've got all the answers, then don't call what you do faith. I'll wait till we all get it. If, you do, if you've got all the answers, don't call what you do faith. I, I love the expression that I came up with for myself, which is, I know nothing. Now, what can I know? When I allow myself to stop knowing what I think I know, I actually know a lot more because I'm not boxed in with what I knew yesterday, which is stale and no longer appropriate to what I believe or know today. So if you've got all the answers, then don't call what you do faith. So is faith then not having the answers? No. I don't think so. I think faith is knowing that I do have the answers because the question and the answer are one and the same. Do you get that? The question and the answer are one and the same. It's just energy. What I'm excited about is not the answers, but the experience of the question and the experience of the answers, the experience of living the question and the experience of living the answer the experiential of all of it. But we have to be willing to let our minds know. You know what I mean by that? You have to be intentional. You have to let your mind know what you're doing. I'm willing to live in a state of not knowing, knowing that I know. Let's say that again. <laughs> I'm willing to live in a state of not knowing, knowing that I know. How cool would that be? And that's experiential. And if I can experience that, life is a lot easier. So living in the moment means to stand in your power. Living in the moment means that you have the audacity, the, the strength, the wherewithal, the, the, the inner wisdom to stand in your power, to trust that in every moment what you need is there, no matter what. It's like that, that movie that I never remember which movie it is, when they have to step out, and there it goes. There's the step. Is that, is that Star Wars? Indiana Jones, thank you. 
I knew it was one of those Harrison Ford movies, <laughs> right? Having faith that if right now I just stood, I would actually be able to walk straight across. Now, I don't have faith in that. I actually somehow don't believe that this is going to give me a step. I'm going to have to step down. So that's, to me, what faith is. Faith is, I have faith in who I am. I have faith in knowing who I am so powerfully, so strongly, so concretely that I know what I need to know will be there when I need to know it. And I know that what I need to have, what I need to create, what I need to realize will be there when I need to know it. You know, when I first started out as a minister, we were trained to write our entire talk. It was, it was the ellipse method that Dr. David Walker taught. And you would read half of your sentence, dot, 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 pick it up here. That way you always looked like you were making it up. And it was a great system. And I taught it to my first ministerial class and stopped halfway through. I was like, this isn't working. I don't even use this anymore. Why am I teaching you this? And there's something about, we start classes this week, and I'm so excited. I'm looking through the curriculum, and I'm creating new curriculum. I'm saying, I don't even believe this anymore. Why would I ever teach this? Why would I teach this antiquated version of this when we have the, 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 the Rolls Royce of it right now, which tomorrow may be a Pinto? <laughs> are we going to stay alive in this and live in the moment and teach in the moment? Yes, we are. And the students are going to teach me along the way when they question everything. I don't know any teacher that starts their classes by saying question everything I say. And it's exciting for me. When I was a minister in the beginning, I wrote every talk out. And then something happened. I think it was the week that I forgot. I put the wrong talk in front of me. I, 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 had the wrong t I brought the wrong talk to church. It was the week before his church talk. And I looked down and I went to talk and I went, ah! <laughs> and I looked out and I remember that it was at the NoHo Art Center and everybody was just sitting there staring at me and I was like, oh, they have no idea. I could probably just talk. They'll think it's on the page. I even, this is, I, I'm, I'm really telling on myself, I even would go back and pretend I was looking at it. <laughs> yeah, I'd turn pages so they thought I was still following my thought. But one of my best friends, Rick Tamlin, who is actually giving the talk in Palm Desert today, Rick Tamlin came up to me afterwards and went, it's the best talk you ever gave. I was like, what? He said, it's the best talk you've ever gave. You were so natural. It was just really seemed like it was coming from your heart. And I went, it was coming from someplace in me. My heart was involved. But I learned that day. I was like, wait a minute. Whatever I need is there if I have faith. And faith means I trust that this universe is constantly moving me. Henry David Thoreau said this, nature puts no questions forth. Nature puts no questions forth and answers none asked. Just think about that for a minute. Wouldn't you like to be that? And by the way, you are nature. I am part of this nature. I am one of this nature. So nature puts no questions forth and asks, ask, answers none asked. She has long ago taken her resolution. I don't know why that makes me cry, but I love the idea that this beautiful planet that we live on long ago, took her resolution to know who she was and is allowing herself to erupt and blow up and overflow and flood and do all the things that we find so damaging, and it is, and it's horrible for people that have to experience any of that. 
And yet there has to be a part of us that understands and believes and trusts and knows that nature is doing, which is you, Lisa. Nature, you as nature, you are doing exactly what is yours to do. Everything that's come up to this point is exactly. And you know, when people ask me that, they always bring up Nora and say, I know when you say that, you can't possibly mean that. And the truth is, I have to. I have to. Because if I don't, then it falls apart, doesn't it? And so I know it. And if I also know what this life is all about, then I know she is fine and thriving, as is everyone that I've ever loved who has ever left. So that's our job, to put no questions forth and answers and to answer none of it and to take up our resolution. So resolution for me in this quote means to know who you are and not just know it, but experience it. I have been saying I am God for over 10 years since I heard it and got it. And some people are offended by it and some people feel it's heretical. <laughs> I know. And some people just have a hard time and some people are just on the journey towards that. And I get all of that. But there has to come a day when we are so resolute just like nature where we can be resolute in what we believe. And when we are, when we really are, and we're really living in the moment, and we're really standing in our power and our truth, and we're really saying, I am, I am, nothing more maybe. Get rid of God. That's still a pejorative. It's still something that separates us. I am. That's a full sentence. I am. When we can stand and say, I am, and I love the rest of it, I am that. I am, or I am that I am, if you're Popeye. <laughs> but I like, I am that, I am. I am that, all of this, the entire ocean, right, Pat? In a drop, as Rumi said. When I can stand there and I am resolute and I can live and I can allow and I can observe and I can create and I can question by living it and I can hear the answers by allowing them to flow through to the next one and the one after that. If I can live in that fluid motion of life with the question and the answer, being both and not trying to hold on to either, now I am living in the moment. I know who I am. I live from who I am. And guess what? Welcome to the experiential age where you now get to know what it feels like to be God. Namaste. Hi, this is Dr. James Mellon, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message and ask you for your support. Your tax-deductible donation to Global Truth Center ensures that we can continue to provide you with this form of inspiration each week. To make a contribution now, please visit our website at globaltruthcenter.org. Again, thanks for listening. Namaste.